You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Cisco's Talos believes it found adware that amounts to a backdoor. More serpents crawling around in Google Play's walled garden? Careless developers get their credentials booted by Slack. Triumphant looks at Locky and finds it morphs as often as five times a day. We talk to Level 3 about point-of-sale system risk, and Verizon gives us the skinny on their data breach report. U.S. Cyber Command seems to be putting the loser effect onto ISIS. Investigators are spooked by the SecureWorks dead cat bounce and think they see venture funding drying up. But Evident.io says no, this is a salutary correction preventing a bubble. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary and week in review for Friday, April 29th, 2016. Breaking at week's end is a warning from Cisco's Talos unit, which says that software exhibiting what Talos characterizes as adware and spyware capabilities is installed on around 12 million PCs worldwide. The application Talos flagged is two-to for PCs, one soft per day. Cisco's tools picked up the software as a generic Trojan. Investigation indicated that it was installed with administrator rights on many endpoints. Tuto for PC strongly disputes Talos's conclusions and points out that it's a long-established firm listed on the Paris Bourse, which no one, least of all Cisco, disputes. Their business model involves exchanging tutorials in exchange for users' acceptance of advertising. Their software, Tuto for PC says, is designed to evade excessively aggressive ad blockers. Cisco disagrees and sees what it calls an obvious case for classifying one soft per day as a backdoor, or at the very least as a potentially unwanted program. Tuto for PC has said it's taking legal advice in the dispute. Fish Labs researchers say they're seeing more serpents in Google Play's walled garden. In this case, it's cash-stealing HTML scams that are slithering through. As criminals attend more to mobile devices, Zscaler finds some information-stealing Android malware circulating in the wild. It's posing as a Chrome update. Another mobile issue may have surfaced in connection with the widely used and useful Waze navigation app. Researchers at the University of California Santa Barbara think Waze may be leaking enough information to expose users to stalking. Some developers building applications for the popular messaging and collaboration platform Slack have been leaving API credentials exposed in GitHub. This appears to be a case, multiple cases actually, of carelessness and inattention. Detectify researchers found the problem and warned that sensitive corporate information could be compromised. Slack moved quickly to address this third-party issue by revoking the roughly 1,400 credentials developers left flapping out there in the virtual breeze. Security publication Dark Reading offers some advice for business travelers, seven sensible steps you should take to protect yourself. Avoid using public-use terminals. Use a VPN client when connecting to Wi-Fi. Keep your devices in hand while at breakfast. 
Get loaner devices from IT and WeDad. Use them. Don't swipe your card at sketchy ATMs, gift shops, or hotel restaurants. Install remote wipe software. And finally, avoid using desk and lamp USB ports. Good advice, all of it. For some additional insight into the risks that accompany point-of-sale systems, we spoke with Level 3 expert Dale Drew. We'll hear from him after the break. Ransomware hasn't gone away, so do continue to back up your files. Triumphant researchers have been taking a look at the Lockheed strain of ransomware, and they point out that it morphs too quickly for signature-based detection to be of much protective worth. In fact, as Triumphant observed Lockheed, they found it shapeshifted as often as five times a day. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Dale Drew. He's the chief security officer at Level 3 Communications, one of our academic and research partners. Dale, point-of-sale systems are certainly a popular attack target for bad guys, and your team has been doing some research on a particularly sophisticated strain of point-of-sale malware called Poseidon. Well, you know, this is one where I think that industry collaboration really paid off in stopping um, a, a potentially very serious industry issue. You know, this is one where we received information from our, our industry partners through Palo Alto, uh, Unit 42, and through uh, Cisco on uh, some emerging malware that, that uh, they had discovered uh, called Poseidon. We uh, then took those signatures and we implemented them in, in our uh, Internet backbone and saw a very emerging, uh, very sophisticated uh, set of attacks that were occurring. So what we discovered was we discovered um, a very specific actor uh, that appears to be uh, related to organized crime that was targeting uh, European credit card providers and merchants uh, with this uh, malware. They were uh, compromising the, the company through phishing attacks. They were depositing that malware on internal computers, and then that malware was programmed to compromise the point-of-sale terminal and uh, sniff off credit cards. So we notified the victims that we found uh, on the Internet backbone. We instituted an algorithm that automatically detected it and automatically blocked it. 
uh, on the backbone, and we protected you know, our Internet backbone and our customers and the Internet as a whole uh, from this very sophisticated attack. And what's your advice for people who are running point-of-sale systems to protect themselves against this sort of thing? You know, I, I'd say it's, it's really two things. Uh, you know, the one thing is we can't stress enough, you know, making sure that, that the employee enterprise desktops do not have any visibility to the production point-of-sale systems. In almost all of the attacks, uh, the, the victim networks were very flat. Once the bad guy compromised a, either a data center system or compromised a desktop, uh, they were able to gain access to pretty much the entire production network because there was no separation between the production network and the employee network. So making sure that you have you know, contained isolation areas so that when there is a compromise, they, that it's, it's isolated within that specific area is, is pretty critical. Uh, and th- these are lessons learned that we've learned through other compromises like Sony, as an example. The other lesson learned, I'd say, is uh, having access to a threat intelligence uh, infrastructure that shows you behavior of your traffic is critical. So when you're dealing with a zero-day attack, the, really the best way, if not the only way, to detect that is to have something that is machine learning your behavior, your network's behavior, your communications behavior, your protocol behavior, and telling you when it sees something anomalous. So when we went to all these victims and we asked these victims, is it normal for a single employee desktop to gain access to all of the point of cell terminals? The answer was absolutely not. Had they had a, a machine learning uh, you know, threat intelligence infrastructure that, that was able to, de- to determine that that was not usual behavior, they would have detected it the moment it uh, occurred. Dale Drew from Level 3 Communications, thanks for joining us. And remember, we want to hear your questions for our academic and research partners. You can email them to questions at thecyberwire.com. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. As we look back at the week that's now ending, we've heard considerable woofing from ISIS about its new cyber attack capability. No one looking at the caliphate, still less the newly formed cyber army of sympathizers, the United Cyber Caliphate, takes its technical claims particularly seriously. The hacktivists striking for jihad seem capable of little beyond skid-level script-kitty vandalism of poorly protected targets of opportunity. 
Propaganda and inspiration, however, are quite a different matter, and here ISIS has shown considerable ability to get its message out online. The United Cyber Caliphate made a familiar and unwelcome move as the week began, posting a hit list of murder targets for the use of ISIS sympathizers in the Dar el-Harb. Most of those on the list are in New York, and the FBI is taking appropriately serious steps to investigate. The increasingly overt U.S. cyber campaign against ISIS seems to be having an effect. In some respects, it's targeting, in others, jamming, and in others, spoofing. In still other respects, the U.S. campaign offers a kind of paranoia as a service, inducing potential ISIS recruits to think that everything is witnessed, everything known. The campaign may be hitting ISIS at its weakest point. After all, if you say you're a caliphate, you've got to show the kind of worldly success that should flow from divine sanction. But if you look like a loser, then you've lost. So good hunting, Cyber Command. Verizon's industry standard data breach report appeared this week, moving the Harvard Business Review to the belated realization that data breaches aren't just the IT department's concern anymore. We sat down with Dave Ostertag, Global Investigations Manager for Verizon's risk team. We see very commonly the same things over and over again. And, and, and first in that pattern is compromising infrastructure, you know, to repurpose it for, for their malicious use. You know, once they get access into a server, use it as a command and control point, a data um, aggregator, or an exfiltration point. And the next is, is a continuation of a trend of the increase in the use of phishing. You know, that, that weak link there with people clearly shown that, that someone will always open the email, click on the link, or, or open the attachment. You know, we consistently see, even though we still know that just like phishing is bad, we know that single-factor access into our networks are bad, we continue to see use of single-factor access in, into the network. And then the other use of phishing in these attacks you know, involves spear phishing. Now, they'll do their research in footprinting and social engineering and identify that individual, that executive, that manager, that, that team member that would have access to the data that they're looking for, whether it be a project, a set of statistics, some intellectual property, or whatever it might be. The phishing attack in this case hits the, the end-user system that, that might contain the very information they're looking for. And then malware. Malware is absolutely a, you know, a key intersection in the playbook that the bad guys use, uh, where we used to see the bad guys manually go into a network and, and RDP uh, into systems and manually conduct all of the things involved in the data breach, you know, stealing credentials and using those credentials to explore the network, to find data, to aggregate the data and exfiltrate the data, you know, now the malware does all of that for them. You know, less chance of detection, you know, greater greater spread across the network, uh, ends up looking more like legitimate business, and the malware is, is a key to that, very common. And then finally is credentials. By far, uh, the, the one tool that the bad guys use that make it more difficult to detect and more successful in, in execution is the use of stolen credentials. You know, for the initial attack vector using single-factor authentication, like I talked about. And then also, once you get into the network, the bad guy uses you know, elevated-level uh, privilege credentials to, to transverse the network and gain access to those servers and systems that have the data they're looking for. Despite the variety of attack vectors, the team at Verizon did notice a specific trend. When we look uh, across industry verticals and look for patterns or trends or commonalities there, 
One clear trend that we see in the 2016 DBIR is the use of web app attacks across all all verticals. So that that's one statistic that comes through very clearly this year. And we we do have uh, some some very clear patterns within specific industries, however, and you know when we the writers of the, the data breach report, uh, you know, are asked what we want. Uh, readers to use the, the, the report for, you know, it's the manager security program from a risk-based perspective, and that risk being the likelihood of data being compromised. While some of the attacks have grown more sophisticated, Ostertag reminds us not to forget the importance of basic cyber hygiene. When we get down to it, when we look at the methodologies the bad guys use, they're really basic. You know, they're they're not Star Trek. They're not James Bond. They're not advanced. You know, it, it's simple techniques of stealing credentials, of using vulnerabilities that, in, in a lot of cases, are easily patched, and using phishing emails and things like that. So practicing good basic security is very important. One of the key takeaways from the Verizon report, according to Ostertag, is not to underestimate the human factor when it comes to securing your networks. I think what we clearly see in this year's report is is one of the weak links are people. You know, over and over again, people seem to be the weak link, Either, you know, whether it be through phishing, social engineering, you know, not practicing good protection, going to inappropriate websites, inappropriate email content, use of, of unapproved devices. You know, people continuously seem to be one of the one of the big weak links. So I think one of the big big uh, key points that we have that we see in this year's report is is the individual, is the person that's being a weak link in our security chain. That's Dave Ostertag, Global Investigations Manager from Verizon's Risk Team. Their 2016 Data Breach Investigations Report is on their website, verizonenterprise.com. It's been a mixed week for the security industry. Last week's SecureWorks initial public offering has been weighed, measured, and found, at least in terms of initial pop, wanting. NASDAQ put a positive spin on the IPO's disappointing performance and says, hey, at least they've got the offering out there, which is more than a lot of tech companies can say. And that's true enough. But analysts point out that investors are now looking for profit, or at least cash flow, behind the story they're told by story stocks. Some alarmist stories have appeared that suggest the days of venture capital's interest in cybersecurity are over. But we heard a different take on the market from Tim Prendergast, co-founder and CEO of Evident.io, a startup that this week raised $15.7 million in Series B funding. He expected the tightening of venture investment, and he thinks it augurs a culling of security startups through acquisition or simple disappearance as the market adjusts. Quote, Tightening the belt and letting some air out of a market that was at risk of attaining bubble status is not only good for the consumers of security solutions, but also for the industry itself, as it forces established and emerging players to continue to be innovative and forward-thinking. This really could not have come at a better time in the evolution of our industry. End quote. Looking at public companies, BlackBerry seems to be enjoying some success repositioning itself as a cybersecurity play. Symantec is well in progress with a similar strategic repositioning, but disappointing guidance this week led the company's board to make a change in CEO. We did hear some good news last night at the Chesapeake Regional Tech Council's annual Tech Awards. Congratulations are in order for Tenable Network Security, which won the council's first Governor's Award. Another Baltimore cybersecurity firm, Red Al Analytics, was a finalist for that award and surely merits an honorable mention. 
Cybersecurity expert Marcel Lee of the Fractal Security Group took this year's Women in Tech Award, and two startups also earned some recognition. Proteinus earned the Rising Star Award, and Point3 Security took home this year's Cyber Innovator Award. Congratulations to all who won and all who competed. Finally, remember those Panama Papers? And remember that Zedeutsche Zeitung said, there's more? Well, Computer Vaca says there's more coming in May, and we note that May begins Sunday. The group that took the leak, the ICIJ, says it's going to post all 2.6 terabytes of data in searchable form. Stay tuned, and have a great weekend. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us.